Let's do it. Let's do it. Broadcasting from around the world, you're listening to The First 100, a podcast on how founders acquired their first 100 paying customers. Here's your host, Hadi Rodwan. Good to have you on the show, Jana. How are you doing today? I'm great. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Let me start with a quick introduction for our listeners. Jana Basto is the founder of ProtPad, a product management software that helps product managers plan and deliver better products. Jana also uh, organizes uh, product tank events around the world, including the famous Mind the Product, a global community of many, many product managers. Jana, tell us a little bit about your founding AHA moment. How did you come across being so involved in product management? Right. I mean, I was a product manager doing the role that, you know, we're helping so many product people do today. And back then, there weren't any tools for product people. There wasn't any support for product people. And so I initially just set off um, trying to build my own out of what I could from Excel templates and things like that, realized that I was hitting the limits. And so I started sketching out ideas for what a, a better tool would actually look like if, uh, if I did put something together. And it held on to these sketches for quite some time. And I iterated on them, uh, improved them based on you know, what I'd been learning from different roles that I'd taken on. And during this time, I was growing in my own career. So I started off as a junior product manager. I moved to a product manager, mid-level product manager role. And then I became a head of product, all three different companies. And I saw some of the same problems in all three places that you know, could be solved with a tool that helps people manage a roadmap, put together a roadmap that people actually read, um, capture all those ideas that are flying around so they're not just stuck on post-it notes and people come knocking on the door saying, hey, where, whatever happened to my idea? Or what are we actually working on this, this quarter? And so I had some ideas for it, but I wasn't really capable of pulling it off by myself because I knew front-end code, but I didn't know back-end. So it was only when I met my co-founder, well, yeah, Simon, who was to become my co-founder. When I met Simon, it was uh, originally we started working together on the product tank and mind the product and product camps that we were doing. So bringing together events and that sort of thing. So he was my product buddy and I showed him these sketches I had. So I was like, I've had this idea for the, this tool for a little while. What do you think? And he took a look through. We did a feedback session. He gave some feedback on it, changed some of the trajectory and some of the ideas of it, and then pointed out that this would be an easy build to do, right? I mean, he can do back end. Like, really? You can do back end? Like, that's cool because I can do front end. And between us, we could probably make this happen. So we did that. We basically just started um, planning out a hack session, took some time off work to go. Um, uh, get it the first bit of code put together and uh, at the end of a few days of work we ended up with something that was actually functional something that could actually solve some of the core problems that we had and took it to work with us he worked at one company as head of product i was working as, at another company as a product person and so i was able to test this product in the space that I was hoping was going to make a difference. And it did. It was actually something that really helped us do our own jobs. And so I uh, continued using it and iterating on it, you know, using it during the week and then every weekend, putting some new changes in it or every evening, if I got a chance, updating it, making it a little bit better. And we're updating it based on the feedback that we had uh, between the two of us. But it didn't have a name. It didn't have a site you could go to. It wasn't a SaaS app. 
while it was something that was cloud hosted and all that, there was no way to sign up for this thing. There wasn't even a proper invite function. We were still kind of hacking that in the background because we only built out the essential things to show that this was actually solving a problem, which was around, you know, the idea capture and the roadmap uh, build and, and those sorts of pieces. We didn't bother building out an onboarding flow or pricing pages or a payment system, of course, or any of that stuff. So we kept it really simple. And again, it didn't even have a name. It was just this tool that we were using between the two of us. And it was only after about a year or so, well, people on the team were using this tool the entire time, but um, new people started joining and they didn't actually know that I'd built it. So it's convincingly good that they thought that this was a legit SaaS app that we had found, but they just couldn't find any information about it. At this point in time, we uh, started conjuring up ideas and came up with ProdPad as the name. It was a great seven-letter spellable .com that we were able to buy off the shelf, which was great. And people in the team were giving us compliments, saying, this is really great. You know, How did you find this thing? What is this thing? And so it was at that point in time that we got the confidence to start sharing it around with other product people to see what they thought of it as well. That's a great summary. Thank you for sharing that, John. So if you were to explain it to an eight-year-old, what does ProdBat do and what pain point does it solve? Right, yeah. I love that, explaining it to an eight-year-old. Well, whenever you are building something, you can't build everything at once. You have to decide which things you're going to build first. And people are going to come to you with their ideas and somebody else's ideas and all the things you could do. And it's not a good idea to build everything. It's the product manager's job to figure out which things should get built and in what order to build the best version of that product. So ProdPad is a tool that helps product managers make sure that they're building the best version of their product by managing the ideas that are coming in and making sure that they're actually aligned to problems that the business needs them to solve. Thank you for sharing this. So if we dive a little bit deeper into your early acquisition strategies to get your first paying 100 customers, what has worked for you and what experiments have not worked for you? <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that we said from the very beginning was that we didn't want to go down the route of having a freemium type thing where, or like a VC funded model where you have to build up a ton and ton of users, but not actually get paid for it. Basically, we said from the get go, let's build a business in which we build something and people pay us for the value we create. That is our goal. So once we'd actually gotten to the point that we were ready to kick off and start selling it to other people, first thing we did was we tested as to whether people would actually want to buy this thing. So we'd set up a site and we started doing a bit of blogging around it. And the uh, site basically said product management software or product roadmap tool or whatever it was. And there was a button that indicated that if you clicked it, you'd be moving into the purchasing sequence. Cool. Of course, there was no actual payment system. We didn't actually have pricing. We didn't have anything set up for it. But we just wanted to see if people were interested in trying to buy this thing. And if they did, it asked for their email address and told them that we'd be launching soon and that sort of thing, right? Very classic tactic that um, I know people still use today. And lo and behold, people started clicking. And quite a few people started clicking. I was like, oh, man, we're actually getting traffic to this thing. And people are trying to buy this thing. Right. We better get on the case because we actually have a product. We just haven't figured out how to charge them for it. So it was based on that that I, I got 
to quit my job and go focus on this full time. Because at this point in time, I was running, I was head of product for another startup in London. And that was keeping me pretty busy. And my co-founder was in a similarly busy role. So I quit my job and went to go focus on this. The other thing that I had in my back pocket was the fact that Mind the Product, which was the little community that started off as little product tanks and that sort of thing. We were just about to start running our first ever conference that year as well. So I could see that on the horizon and that becoming busy. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to quit the day job and go focus on these two things and see how I get on with it. So quit my job. And I remember with uh, talking to Simon, he's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do that. Six weeks later, he had also quit, (laughs) I think, because he saw me at home enjoying the time and coding away and making a big difference to it. And uh, he wanted to be a part of it as well. So um, he got on board as well. I didn't fully quit everything. I also, I mean, I wanted to keep up the fact that, you know, I needed a salary. We weren't getting funded or anything like that. So I took on some consulting and like mentoring type gigs paid gigs as a product person, which I could do in a fraction of the time compared to my previous job, but still get paid healthily enough to to still live in London, which was great to be able to put my skills to use. But also while I was doing this stuff, I was learning from different clients because previously I'd only worked with three different companies as a product person. This put me in front of quite a few others and getting a better rounded view as to what product management was and how it worked and how I could better serve this space. And then that kicking off point when I'd actually quit also really forced me to start thinking about let's get out there and get it in front of users and you know start talking to them let's make sure that we're actually building something that's a value and from there on once you quit your job you started prodpad you have a product that's shippable how did you get to your first hundred paying customer what channels worked for you is it primarily the community that you've built are there any specific tactics that you could share with us that could be helpful Yeah. So, I mean, the thing that people seem to be coming to us for was the fact that we had a site that talked about the problems that people were trying to solve for themselves. And we drove traffic to that site by writing blogs. So we wrote blogs about how to build a roadmap that people will actually read, how to write specs, how to do user personas, just kind of product management basics. But at the same time, these are people who are coming in and uh, having these questions and going, oh, well, here's how to build a roadmap. And here's a tool to build the roadmap and make it a lot easier. Right. So it was classic thought leadership content strategy. We weren't really calling it that. We were just writing away and seeing where traffic was turning up and people were turning up to the site itself. Um, This is back when SEO was a much easier game as well. And it was a very, very small market. I mean, keeping in mind that this was back when product managers, for the most part, were kind of lone wolves, right? They didn't come in the big groups that they do today. The company was pretty lucky to have one, if any. And if they did, they probably reported to like the tech role, as opposed to, you know, CPO. These are people who don't necessarily have budgets or knowledge that they need tools. So people were looking up stuff like Excel roadmap template free. So we'd write a page that would help attract people who were looking for that, but then point out, here's why having a tool that's paid for, but is better in these ways. This is why you want to go this direction. We were at the very top of Google for things like product roadmap tool and product idea management and stuff like that. But of course there wasn't tons of traffic. So we were getting the lion's share of the traffic, but it's still very small, but it was enough. We didn't need lots of customers. We just needed a few to believe in us. And once they started jumping in and trying ProdPad, we would 
Uh, I mean, I handcrafted the welcome messages for at least the first hundred. And what I would do is I would take their email. I would look them up on LinkedIn. I would see what they're up to. And I'd say, hey, you know, thanks for choosing Frontpad Form, your role here at so-and-so company. You know, I'm the founder. We built this thing. I'd love to get your feedback. And I'd make space to talk to these people. And we had some heavy hitting companies landing. We were really impressed with, um, you know, some of the names that were coming through. And so it was well worth crafting these messages and getting them on the radar. And because I was writing these messages out to them, I was getting responses back. So I was getting feedback from people, people trying it out and saying, oh, but I ran into a bug at this point in the onboarding. Cool, let's get that fixed. You know, I was using it, but I really wish you did this as well. Cool, well, let's add that to our backlog and we'll think about building it. Like the first version of ProdPad was pretty bare bones. Didn't do a fraction of what it does today, but we built it up based on the feedback of our initial customers. And I remember having some really good back and forths towards the end of 2012. We we're still building in a working payment system. We were building in the, this is before we had the now next later roadmap in there. We were getting feedback from one particular product manager who I don't think she realized that I was the support, like support was just me, but she was reaching out to me and getting lots and lots of support. We're just talking back and forth and she's giving lots and lots of feedback. Some of the stuff we actually implemented going, yeah, this is actually really good feedback. We can, we can build this because we're in that sort of uh, mode. That customer is still with us today. They became our first paying customer in early 2013 and they're still with us today. So we're now docking, oh, there you go, 10 years later. I should send them a message. Um, <laughs> both as the original client account, so the company she's with has kept their ProdPad account. And the product manager in question, she's actually moved on from that place. She moved on a few times and grown her career and has taken ProdPad with her now four times. So we like to call it the world's slowest viral growth mechanism, but it works, right? People who become advocates stay advocates for life. And so we're really proud of, um, of that Amazing. In knowing what you know today, if you had, when you started early, a 50,000 marketing budget, where do you think you would have spent it to grow your customer base? Mm, that's a really good question. Knowing everything I know now, I probably would have spent it on getting in front of product managers in events and podcasts and webinars and that sort of thing, uh, places where I could spread the word about it because it's not something that you just see a brand logo and go, oh, yeah, you know, think about that. It's something where you want to find people where they're thinking about these problems and you get a chance to actually mention what it is that the product actually does. Keeping in mind going back then, people didn't realize that product management software was a tool they could have. So, you know, we had to really think about how to create the market. And that's what we did. We were creating a market. And so really, really had to get in there. And that's kind of how we did it anyways. I mean, we just did it slower and cheaper because we didn't have the budget, but we made noise at any events we could get to. I, you know, was speaking at events and I was turning up at events and getting business cards in front of people and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, every, every time we got a chance to put a stand up somewhere, people would come to us going, what is this thing? And everyone we talked to was like, where have you been my whole life? Just a really, really game changing proposition for them. So I would have done more of that and, um, you know, made a bigger splash beyond what we could just handle between the two of us traveling around, not quite on our bikes, but, you know, <laughs> simple, simple kids. 
to follow up on what you just meant. You have an interesting positioning in the world of, you know, road mapping. Mm. There's a lot of free tools out there. So what would be your positioning a statement for a customer today so that they don't use the free tool and switch to broadband? Mm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with free tools inherently, except that free tools tend to leave you hanging, right? I mean, you know, I mean, Excel isn't free, but it's kind of included in everything you do. Same thing with Google Sheets and stuff like that. So yeah, you can use an Excel sheet to put all your ideas in there. You could use a free version of Trello. You could use a free version of a wiki type tool, right? Lots of free analogs. But the magic of it is a tool that actually scales when you've got lots and lots and lots of ideas and helps make the connections between things. As a product manager, your job is not just to note down a bunch of ideas that your colleagues have asked for and what your customers have asked for. It's to make those connections between them. It's to say, well, this idea is related to this idea, which is related to this piece of feedback, which we've heard five times from this type of user. But this idea is more important because it's tied to this strategic initiative, which we can see has come up on the roadmaps. So we're looking for ways to solve that. So, you know, it's that tying it all together, which, yeah, you could kind of maybe have spreadsheets referencing each other or a really messy wiki. But everyone who uses these types of processes, I mean, there's a reason they're coming to us. They're basically saying, yeah, I use spreadsheets and PowerPoints and blah, 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 and please help me. <laughs> so ProdPad is known as the opinionated tool in the space. What it does is we've designed it around product management best practices. From the very get-go, we wanted a tool that actually helped you become a better product manager. And so it helps you keep you away from some of the bad habits that some of the other tools will set you off into. It will ask the right questions so that you're not forgetting to note this stuff down before you go in and build. I'm like, what are your target outcomes? What were your actual outcomes? Let's remember to note, note this stuff down. How is this tied to anything strategic? Are you just building this because, you know, the CEO asked you to, or are you building this because it's actually going to solve a problem? And so it externalizes the product management decision process. So it's not just the product manager saying no or yes, or saying, yeah, we're going to build this versus the other thing. It's the product management system. And now people can see what sort of things go into that system. They can now see where their ideas have gone. And if their ideas fallen by the wayside, they can see, oh, well, yeah, but that's because we're working on all these other really valuable ideas, which obviously are going to make the cut. And, you know, maybe this other one that I came up with isn't, and that's okay. Thank you for sharing this explanation. You've been at ProtPad building it for years, as you mentioned. You bootstrapped it. Uh, it's successful. That takes discipline, hard work, patience, a bit of luck. But that comes as well with anxiety, what we call entrepreneurs' anxiety. Hmm. How have you managed to control this? Right. Entrepreneurs' anxiety. Particularly an anxious person. I think I got into this because I'm particularly risk averse and I was willing to get in for a challenge. Yeah, it has ups and downs and there's, you know, things that go wrong and things that go right, but you're constantly learning. I think one of the key things is, is um, we've grown the team slowly and deliberately. So I've surrounded myself with good, smart people who can solve problems. And so if there's something that I don't know how to do, I'm okay with admitting I don't know how to do it, but we've hired somebody who does, um, or maybe we do need to hire somebody who does, and that's the next stage. 
And so, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily consider it um, anxiety, but more of a single-mindedness on trying to find ways to solve the problem using the people that I've got around me. What has been an important principle in your life that you use that made you successful? Ooh, that's a good one. I remember when I was being promoted into my product manager role from an account manager previously, and I was curious about other roles, my boss made me a a junior product manager. And uh, he said to me once, I like the way that you call bullshit when you see it. And that's always been a guiding principle is like, you know what, let's just lay things out and talk honestly with each other. Let's provide a lot of transparency into things. And if something doesn't feel right, say something about it. And I like to think that myself and my team live by that. You know, we have no problem with uh, laying out and saying, hey, this thing's, this thing's failing. This is not working. I don't know what I'm doing here. And other people saying, yep, I can help you out. Or this right here, this isn't good enough. Let's go figure out how we fix it. That's a very important principle and a courageous one because a lot of people, especially if it's an employer-employee relationship, they try to sweeten things around so that they don't annoy the other opinion. But uh, that's a very important one. You know, the the late Steve Jobs once said, one way to remember who you are is to remember who your heroes are. Mm. Who's your hero, Jana? Oh, God. Who's my hero? It's not God, sorry. (laughs) It's hard to pin it on one. I'm going to have to skip that one. I don't have a uh, single person that I would... um, idolize in that way any particular group of people you look up to that have guided you as well i mean i try to keep up with um the writings from fellow entrepreneurs so people who have been on this journey um people who have uh you know passed the the stages that i have but i always take bits and pieces from each and then go this part is useful for me and this part it's not so much me and that's fine perfect perfect thank you Gemma. What's next for your startup? Ah, so, I mean, we're hiring. We've got um, quite a few open roles right now, three or four, which is uh, quite a few for a team. We're only 24 people right now. We just closed one yesterday, which is great. Really happy about that. But then when it comes to the product itself, some really exciting stuff is happening. So anybody who's been following ProdPad's story knows that we've been ahead of the curve on the AI stuff. We've had a version of like a chatbot thing that was built on GPT that you could used to ask questions of your backlog. You know, what sort of things should I build next based on what's in my backlog? And what are people asking for most? What frustrates people most about our, our product? And the bot will answer you, which is great. And also things around matching stuff up and deduplicating and taking the grunt work out for product managers. So we're continuing to press on that because the technology behind it has gotten like exponentially better. So it's like Christmas around here. We're discovering the things that we can now do uh, with the latest versions of uh, GPT and you know, seeing just what we can do with it and building that into ProdPad because ultimately our goal is to make product managers' lives easier. Right? We want to make it so that they aren't spending the time wading through a big, big, busy backlog, but instead they can take a step back, look at the bigger picture and understand what sort of constraints and opportunities are there and make decisions about, yes, this should go here and this should go here and that one doesn't have to happen. And they can only do that if their head is clear and not constantly drowning in trying to figure out, you know, which feedback came from where and how many people have asked for a certain thing. 
This is the great stuff. Thank you for sharing it, Jana. We wish you the best of luck. How can people reach you? Oh, yeah. Thanks so much. So, yeah, reach out to me. I'm Jana Basto on LinkedIn. I'm the only one there. So, by all means, it shouldn't be hard to find me. Please connect and say hi. Jana at prodpad.com. Always welcome an email. Or you can find me on Twitter. I'm simply Basto. Thank you, Jana, and have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to The First 100. We hope it inspired you in your journey. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify, and share it with a friend starting their entrepreneurship journey. Leave us a five-star review. Your support will help spread our podcast to more viewers. 